everybody. Hello. Welcome to welcome. Uh, arguably the spookiest ever episode of, of No Exit. Ooh. Why do I think it's the spookiest ever, Wendy? Because, well, I'll tell you. Um, excuse me, I just tried a sip of Waterloo because I'm a fool. Um, <laughs> the reason I think it's the spookiest ever episode, arguably, is because this is the first, um, but probably not, no, definitely not, the only uh from this point forward, no exit episode recorded from uh, quarantine during a, uh, a global pandemic. <laughs> um, that so that's new. It's pretty different. fucking that's spooky. Like I have to say, it's, it's awfully spooky. It's cer- <clears throat> it is definitely. Can I say the spookiest thing? I am the most spooked I have ever been. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been. I haven't been this like constantly, perpetually spooked since uh, the 2016 election. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I. I think I. I think same for me. Although it's it's not the most spooked I've ever been. I've actually been like pretty calm throughout. I've mostly just been stressed out about like. The fact that my entire industry is shut down. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I fucking feel yours. that, dog. Yeah, mine is too. Um, um, and yeah. um, I'm in isolation because um, I might have the plague Woof. as of like a week ago, but I'm fine. Okay, good. It's just like, it's impossible to tell because you can't get tested here unless you're dying. Yes. And um, my doctor said, just stay home and assume you have it and act as if. And I said, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is what so everybody I'm, on planet Earth should be doing anyway right now is mm-hmm. staying home and is assuming yeah. that they have it. Well, so. you can go outside as long as you're not around other people. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's where we're at. Um, so yeah. we're recording. This is the first ever remote recorded um, episode where Hannah and I are not in the same room with each other. Yeah. Um, Although we can see each other. Yes, we're of. on Skype. Because of We're the magic Skype. of Skype. I haven't used Skype since 2014. <laughs> and that was I true. Didn't, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, and I didn't know that it was good now. So Yeah, now it's super I know. good now. Yeah, yeah, it's That's super good now. That's my story. Yeah, we were super surprised. I f- had the good fortune to find out because uh, I was – this is a semi-interesting story. I guess my friend Becca had a job interview that w- insisted on being over Skype. She lives in L.A. Uh-huh. So she t- – and L.A. is a- – wild place so she texted me and was like hey do you like still have will you test skype with me i haven't used skype in like five years and we tested uh-huh. it and we were like yo this is great this interface is great it works super well super mm-hmm. smooth especially if you're using it on the computer yeah it's not um it's not blocking out yeah um, it's not like cubing out like it used to yeah it'll do it sometimes um, but not nearly as badly it seems it's mm-hmm. like they've they've really improved it yeah. So which is sponsor- great. So that's our advertisement for Skype. Yeah, this episode not sponsored by Skype, but <laughs> not sponsored. Um I and I think Skype boy, is owned by Microsoft and I'm not It is. It is now. Um not really I noticed this, that. I'm not that's quite probably why it's better now. now they have a lot more money. Yes, that's true. Um so yeah. So yeah. So here we are um in our separate houses. Uh-huh. Um this is a podcast about scary movies or scary stuff i guess this is a comedy horror podcast yes it's a podcast. i am your i am your host wendy warzone and i'm your host hannah hell reporting my pronouns are she uh my pronouns are also (laughs) she her hers (laughs) my pronouns are she her hers sorry there's like a very very slight delay 
Uh, Which is funny. I think that's good for comedy. It, it Well, yeah, it's funny in the sense that we're like constantly talking over each other all the time. <laughs> Which is, hey, can I say what makes good podcasting if, if I am any expert in podcasting? Not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying like every it's podcast like, I listen to. It's just two friends people. talking over each other all the time. Yeah, two or more friends talking over each other all the time. <laughs> Uh, and the more people there are, the louder the podcast. That's mm-hmm. science. That's why that's, by the grace of pod, hot that's is our, so loud. That's our brand. Yeah. And that's why the episode it, of If It's Gay We Play where we had Bernadette, one of the loudest people I know on, mm-hmm. is to date the <laughs> loudest episode of If It's Gay We Play. It's, so it's making me loud. realize, though, how much of my like personal humor is based on like a, like a slow, broken, spoken cadence. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, fast talking over. I mean, I like everything, but that fast and talking mm-hmm. over each other, I think, is very funny, depending on <laughs> on who's talking. If the people are funny enough uh, and quick witted enough, I like mm-hmm. quick quick wit. Um. Anyway, this is so that's some discussion on comedy. So- <laughs> that's a thing that we. That's one of the two things. So, uh, this podcast that's been a mini lesson on comedy. From oh, just the comedy Hannah that Hell. Hannah Hell well, herself. Hannah Hell, myself. Uh, it's more <laughs> about just the comedy that I enjoy. It's not really on like comedic theory, which I could get into, mm-hmm. but maybe that's a different podcast. Yeah, I think um, our podcast on comedic theory is going to be uh, something different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although this is a comedy horror podcast. It so, is a comedy uh, podcast. So maybe this is the right place. Do you want to hear us talk about comedy theory? Email us. No exit <laughs> gmail.com. I actually know some things about it. Because I went to theater school. Okay. Anyway, I we didn't. have a podcast. I uh, did for one year. I went to theater school for one whole year. Yes, you did. Yeah. I, it was, And it was terrible, and I hated every minute of it. It was terrible, and I hated every minute of, may, of it for four years. As we may have years. discussed on the show yeah. before. Yeah. Um, you you was terrible, and you hated it, so you dropped it. And I was terrible, and I hated it, so I like sunk harder into it and completed a major with honors. <laughs> Because I didn't really have like another thing that uh-huh. might be profitable, so oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I was just like, man, I miss music, and so I and then I met a bunch of like cool music majors, and I was just like, I'm gonna change my major. Yeah, <laughs> and nice. it was a wonderful decision. It was an good, good, excellent, good. excellent decision made yeah. in an age when excellent decision making is not what you're known for. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. So, um, anyway. Uh, so Hannah, do you have any opening segments? I think we've kind of already covered spookiest thing. Yeah, spookiest thing is that I've been on quarantine. The spookiest thing is that like 500 people in this state have been diagnosed with coronavirus. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Colorado um, has a ton of cases. Yeah, and, um, that's just the people who've been tested, and we've already discussed it's almost impossible to get tested, so I think the scope of how many people are infected here is probably, um, astronomical. Yeah, because uh, it's impossible um, to get tested unless you're dying or rich. Um, yes, yes, yes. Those are the two conditions. If you're rich, it's super easy to get tested. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, uh, have, oh yeah, go ahead. If you have money, you can buy anything you want, including yeah. politicians. That's true, and coronavirus tests. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't think I have any opening segments. I have mm-hmm. some potato boats in the oven. That's uh, me, just me talking about. We're not around to cook dinner together. Normally we talk mm-hmm. about what we're in the process of cooking, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm presently in the process of cooking and it's potato boats, which are a super easy and delicious meal that Wendy taught me how to make. It's, mm-hmm. it's you just chop a bunch of shit up 
including but not limited to potatoes. Like we did potatoes, bell peppers, onions, and apples because I'm just like, it's quarantine. I'm just going to send it and eat some onions. Uh, mm-hmm. I already feel like trash all the time anyway because my anxiety is <laughs> yeah, so bad. Yeah, so fuck it. So fuck it. And the nutrients <laughs> in an onion are, will be good for my immune system. Anyway, you just chop mm-hmm. a bunch of shit up, put some olive oil, salt, and pepper on it, uh, and mm-hmm. put it on some tinfoil and then like yep. scrunch up a little boat around the tinfoil. Just wrap, just wrap that bad boy up. Just wrap that bad boy up and scrunch it up at the top and stick it right on the oven rack and put it in the oven at like 400 for like an hour. Or on a grill. Yes, or on a grill, which is an extremely delicious way to do it. It, mm-hmm. uh, I probably could have grilled tonight. It's not quite uh, warm enough outside for me to want to grill tonight, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, it's still there. getting chilly at night. It, but it was definitely really nice during the day today. Yeah, I'll just have um, to grill like in the make an early dinner tomorrow because time uh, has ceased to mean anything at all. Um, <laughs> like it never did, but now uh, it's super. Uh, it's super. Kai just texted me some real statistics on the COVID, um, but it's oh, now it's time. Super doesn't mean anything at all. Yeah, this is not the podcast for real statistics. No, but <laughs> Kai just said almost six hundred cases in Colorado, and we have okay. there have been over five thousand tests, is what Kai says. So yes, it's not the pie. But I didn't Google it, so it doesn't mm-hmm. count. That's Texts true. from Kai are a well-verified <laughs> source of information on this podcast. Perhaps one of the yeah. only sources of inform- love. Well, besides you, who is, is a, a font of yeah. information on I'm, yeah. hor- the horror I mean, genre. I research. I do Google things beforehand because I right. have to, to find out about the movies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're just not allowed to Google things on the podcast live. Right, right, right. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Do you have any seconds? about potato boats. You cooking um, anything? Have you cooked anything interesting? I'm not Some- cooking anything. No, I've been really tired, um, and I ran out of easy food, so I just like barely ate anything for two days, and then my sister went to the grocery store. I am. Nice. I love grocery shopping, and I grocery shop like multiple times a week. So not being able to go to the grocery store is driving me crazy. Yeah, so, like, I want to pick out my snacks. Yeah. I have no snacks. That's a bummer. Having no snacks yeah. is a bummer. Yeah. I've been eating like a bag of Beanfields chips every day, which is contributing Aww. to why I'm probably not feeling so well. <laughs> um, yeah, we yeah, possibly. Yeah, Henry went to the grocery store um, for us. Shout out to Henry. Uh, shout out to Nutri Vegan Market, who uh, not only shopped for groceries for us, but brought them over because they're the homies. Uh, I will gladly advertise yeah. them without me paying them. Because um, mm-hmm. they're the best. If you live in Denver, you should go there because they're the best. And they are going to struggle if they have to shut down. Anyway. Yeah. That's uh, our discussion about the disruption to our lives caused by COVID-19. coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the destruction to uh, sort um, of society as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And- so I'm not cooking anything, but I plan to make some uh, teriyaki tofu tomorrow. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Um, Kai's also made. Ooh, go ahead. And make um and uh make uh shoyu ramen with teriyaki ooh. tofu. And oh veggies. my god, Wendy, that sounds so That's fucking good. That sounds so yeah. I've been planning good, to dude. make that for several days, and I've just been so tired. Yeah, that makes. I mean, that makes sense. You're mm-hmm. not well. Yeah. Um, and also, I've had to. I've been. You have no idea how many emails I've been sending out. It's I bet it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a large, large number of emails. Yeah. 
I had a whole day. Oh. I mean, I'm sure you sympathize as I had a whole day this week of just calling clients and telling them that they weren't going to get their special order anytime soon because not only yeah. are we closed, but all, almost all of my vendors are in California and or Washington mm-hmm. and are therefore closed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, so yeah. We're Should watching we a movie talk today. talk about the, uh, um, actual the film? topic of this podcast? <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> we should. Um, Hannah, we're watching today, um, this is a movie from my, what? like, yes, it's a movie. Surprise! We're watching <gasps> what? a movie. I know, it's shocking. Yeah. Um, so this is a movie from my personal, um, horror history. Okay. Uh, this is, like, a, a um... A movie that is essential to my backstory as a horror fan. Amazing. Um, This is the first proper horror movie I ever saw. Incredible. Hannah, we're watching The Ring. Ooh, this is going to scare the living Jesus out of me. Because it's about (laughs) fucking signal decay and some spooky shit climbing out of your goddamn television. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Okay, so tell me what you know about The Ring. Uh, all the things I just said, I know I've avoided it like the plague because people are like, it's kind of stupid, but like, I'm so fucking scared of like signal decay shit that I've avoided it mm-hmm. like the plague. Uh, and it's about a spooky videotape. And if you get it, uh, you will die and you watch it, you will die in seven days. Yeah. Unless you pass so- it on. Is it unless you pass it on to somebody else or just like you're going to die in seven days no matter what? I guess I'll find out. Well, Never mind. Don't yeah, answer that. That's. <laughs> If I tell you that, it'll spoil how the movie ends. So, okay. um, so this movie, so The Ring came out in 2002. Um, it's a remake, of course, of the Japanese movie Ringu, which uh, came out like four or five years earlier, um, which is an adaptation of a novel, which had also, so there was first there was a novel and then there was a Japanese TV movie. And then there was the Japanese theatrical release Ringu. And then uh, there's the American remake. And this kind of like jump started that huge wave of like Asian horror movies, uh, specifically Japanese, but um, also other um, movies from other countries in Asia being remade in English. Um, So it's directed by Gore Verbinski, um, stars Naomi Watts, Martin Henderson and child actors David Dorfman and DeVay Chase. And the IMDb summary says a journalist must ev- investigate a mysterious videotape which seems to cause the death of anyone one week to the day after they view it. Cool. Uh, it's right. another, it's our second in a row that's about a journalist investigating something. Uh, she's not a journalist. In Candy Man, she's a grad student. Oh yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. Yeah, but it is about like a, journalist, um, a blonde white woman <laughs> investigating something. Cool. <laughs> Great. But, um, uh, so we'll, uh, we're going to go watch that and we'll be back. Yeah, we're going to go watch The Ring. We'll be back after the movie. Goodbye. Hi, everybody. Hello. And welcome. Welcome. Back. Back. We're back. back. We're back. We're back. We watched... The Ring. It was not nearly as spooky as I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was extremely spooky, mm-hmm. but I wasn't as personally spooked as I was worried I was going to be. Okay. Um, which is the case with most of these movies. 
Nine times out of ten. There's only one time when I have been unpleasantly surprised by how spooked I was by a movie. Uh-huh. Which movie uh, was that? Carrie, I had a really hard time. Oh. <laughs> Carrie yeah. was extremely triggering for me because uh-huh. of all of the bullying and the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the uh, mom trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, as with most of the movies, uh, this one I was pleasantly surprised because mm-hmm. I wasn't as personally spooked as I thought I was going to be. So The Ring was cool. good. Okay. Yeah, so we watched The Ring. Um, so Hannah, what are your, so that that's your kind of like overall take. Yeah. What are your, any other initial thoughts? Well, it was more like, as with most of these things, I found it also is something that I'm learning about a lot of horror movies. I found it more like sad and upsetting than it mm-hmm. was scary. Like again, I didn't personally feel like sad and upset. I mean, I did like in a low key way, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I wasn't like, wow, I'm so sad after watching uh-huh. that movie. But yeah, it, what, was, it didn't hit you like in a personal level. Right. Uh, feels, I didn't get feels as the kids say, mm-hmm. um, but I was, uh, but it was more like sad. But then it gets really fucked up at the end because you think it's, well, is it? You think it's like one thing. You think it's like, oh, it's this narrative about this traumatized child, whatever, and mm-hmm. it gets to the end, and you're like, mm, but maybe not. But yeah. was it? But maybe. But <laughs> mm-hmm. but what? But maybe it was much more like. Uh, uh, I expected it to be more like cut and dry. I don't know. It was one of those mm-hmm. ones. So okay, so it's part of a broader conversation because it's mm-hmm. one of those ones like for, like in most of the um, classic. Sort of, quote unquote, like uh-huh. historical classic, but most of the ones that like are big name ones that I'd heard of before a mm-hmm. lot in pop culture, like Hellraiser and Friday the 13th. Right. Um, All the, like the big franchises. Right. Yeah. Um, this was like that in that it was not at all what I expected it to be. It was not Got it. even remotely about what I could have expected. I don't know what I thought it was about, but it was definitely mm-hmm. not that. You know, that's funny because like it this was the most accurate guess you've had of like I know. what the movie's about. <laughs> well, I know because I knew so I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Um I knew mm-hmm. enough about this movie because I think I can't remember how much we discussed this on mic, but this was one of those movies. We definitely discussed it off mic. Uh-huh. This is one of those movies that was like very, very popular when I was starting high school in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very popular to like watch at slumber parties or whatever because right. it was so scary. Like, right. it was a very popular movie that like teens that I knew used to like spook each other. And it was mm-hmm. like a mark of some sort of like, you know, teen toughness that you could like, that like, oh, I watched The Ring. Oh, it was mm-hmm. so scary. Um, it wasn't that scary, um, but yeah. it it would have been if I had seen it, <laughs> if I had seen it when I was 16. Oh, yeah. It, it probably would have been if you had just anybody who saw it when it came out, because it um, flips a lot of tropes, a lot of conventions um, that are traditional in like Western, like American um, and like European horror stories. Totally. Um, Asian horror stories are totally different and the tropes are different uh, or ghost stories at least. The yeah. Asian ghost stories have their own rules. Totally. And um, they don't conform to the rules of like European or like Western totally. ghost stories. And so a lot of people were really freaked out especially by the uh, by the ending. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Japanese horror is wicked way scarier than American horror mm-hmm. I think in general. Like Junji Ito scares the living shit out of me. You know mm-hmm. that. Oh, I love and I love Junji Ito so much. I know. And I it's do not. So it's just totally my jam. Totally I my derive, thing. I derive so little pleasure from reading the word. I mean, I, I, I derive <laughs> a lot of admiration 
from uh-huh. reading the works of Junji Ito, but I derive almost no pleasure at all from reading the works <laughs> of Junji Ito. If I'm reading, I read, uh, I haven't read, um, what's the big one, the famous to- Tomie? Is that the Tomie is Tomie, my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Tomie uh, is one of the most popular. Uh, Uzumaki is probably the most famous. Gotcha. So um, I've read- and then maybe Tomie. There, there's a bunch of Tomie live action movies. It's a whole franchise. Is Tomie really thick? Or am I thinking of something else? Is it really? Yeah, it's like, so most of his uh, stories came out, they just was like individual issues or Tomia came out as like individual issues kind of here and there for like 25 years. Oh, wow. And you can buy the book that's just like a compilation of every chapter. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a big, thick manga tome. Gotcha. I have read, so it's just to say I haven't read the big long ones, but mm-hmm. I have read Fragments of Horror, and I hated it the whole time and wished I wasn't reading it, but I read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I love I love horror comics, but I think we've already discussed this. Anyway, this isn't about Jinji Ito. This is about The no. Ring. Um, uh, so anyway, which is to say, I can imagine if I had seen, I mean, I have no context. I had no context. I mean, I had minimal context for horror movies in general, mm-hmm. but if I had seen this, if I had seen this really early on in our journey together as a, mm-hmm. a, a pair, uh, I think I would have been a lot more scared by it. I think uh-huh. the fact that yeah, I, I think so too. I think that's scary. You have I'm enough context of horror movies to like not be quite so frightened by it. Totally. And I've um, watched uh, 22 of them at least at this point. Yeah. This is my 27th one. So I, I have a couple of <laughs> Well, my belt. technically our 23rd, though, because we started with zero. God damn us. Yeah. So I've watched 23 <laughs> of them. I hate 23. that we did that. That sucks so bad. <laughs> I'm just like, bad I'm idea. so amused that you're so bothered by it, to be perfectly I hate honest. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. So I uh, like the ring, though. Yeah, uh, crap, I had something I was going to say, but I forgot. Doesn't matter, whatever. Japanese um, horror, horror is wicked spook- yeah. spooky. Yeah, um, so since we're talking about, um, since we're on that subject before we get into like a synopsis, I really, um, I want to talk about the kind of ghost that Samara is. So mm-hmm. um, Samara is, um, in the Japanese version, her character is called Sadako, and we can talk more about like the differences between the American and the Japanese version later on, but um, Sadako or Samara, they are both a sort of like archetypal Japanese ghost called an onryo, which is like a, a vengeful ghost. Uh-huh. Basically like someone who has died in the grip of a powerful rage becomes an onryo, gotcha. which is a okay, specific kind of yure, which is Japanese ghosts. And the look of the, uh, you know, the, the when figure- When look at the screen right now. Oh, it's Tori. Hi, Tori. Hannah's holding up Tori on on her end. My cat's in the room with me somewhere. She's very noisy, so you probably hear her at some point. But um, so anyway, it's a vengeful anyway. ghost. Yes, it's a vengeful ghost, and the look of the um, onryo of being like a figure dressed in white with long hair actually comes from a kabuki theater. Oh, that because, makes total sense. Um, so before Kabuki theater, um, there wasn't like any specific look associated with it, but Kabuki kind of like, um, Commedia dell'arte, mm-hmm. they have a lot like actors playing multiple different roles. So they have oh. to have very specific makeup. Wendy, Hannah's, I know, I know about this subject. This yes. is something I know about. Hannah's yeah, very do. excited. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's a gross oversimplification, but Kabuki is sort of like Japanese Commedia dell'arte, but a mm-hmm. lot of Japanese theater actually employs like masks and archetypes rather mm-hmm. than uh, like, like, like Japanese theater acting, which uh-huh. is, I think, so indicative of uh, like 
everything that came from it, like all Japanese, mm-hmm. not all Japanese performance, but like a yeah. tradition of yeah, Japanese, Japanese uh, culture is very heavily influenced by its theater. Yes, um, totally. Yeah, by and its performance. Kabuki, and of yeah. course, is, is, you know, in No, they wear masks. In Kabuki, they wear um, costumes and yeah. like character specific makeup. Exactly. So that's um, what I was going to say is they use masks and like mm-hmm. rather than like subtle face, like subtle acting, it's a mm-hmm. lot more of really. Japanese theater, no, mm-hmm. and Kabuki are much more like exaggerated movements mm-hmm. and like big, like the makeup and the mask tell the story and these big exaggerated movements of mm-hmm. body, whether like fast or slow or whatever, rather than like, like, I don't know, American then, acting. Well, more than it's more, um, uh, Gosh, what am I trying to say? It's heightened. It's very heightened. It's very heightened. They're not trying to convey like a real emotion so much as they're acting out a story. Exactly. And they're performing these like uh, sort of archetypal characters in these stories. Totally. Like Um, Commedia, but Commedia, I mean, mm -hmm. not but. Commedia is a lot. Commedia tends to be more like comedy focused Mm -hmm. stories. Yeah, whereas Kabuki is... um, I think dramatic and comedic. It just depends yeah. on the play. Yeah, totally. Um, so the look of the onyo that was generated in uh, from Kabuki would be this you know, white makeup with blue contour, mm-hmm. very pale, and a white funeral kimono, so a burial kimono. So that's that why sense. onyo are just in white. So Samara in this movie, she's wearing a white dress and then with long, unkempt black hair. So that's totally. the prototypical look or the typical look of an onyo ghost. So that's why you see that like Sadako or like Kayako from uh, Juon is also um, an onyo. Cool. I I know what some of those words mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but I believe you. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, I went to theater school. So this is, (laughs) I just got excited excited by an opportunity to talk about something. On today's episode of Hannah went to theater school. <laughs> Hannah actually knows some things about uh, kabuki and mm-hmm. no and Japanese theater, and which mm-hmm. is really interesting because uh, it is it is so it's telling it's, it is focused on specific emotion is the way I would describe mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Japanese acting style and I'll explain mm-hmm. why I know this, but it's it's less about like American acting method or like s- sort of Stanislavski style acting is much more like. Um, it's it's exaggerated, but in a different way. It's like realistically exaggerated. It's like mellow. It's the difference mm-hmm. between like melodrama. Yeah, it's more acting. like melodrama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed and like su- it it focuses on like you know subtle pained facial characteristics and stuff. Obviously, exaggerated. Mm-hmm. All theater acting is somewhat exaggerated because you have mm-hmm. to tell a story from across the room. Yeah. Whereas like on film, you can get right up in it. But mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of not a lot, but this sort of newer wave of Western acting is based on the Suzuki, uh, partially based on. Suzuki method, which comes from Japan. So it's just, I love those examples of how mm-hmm. like our performance huh. styles have this interesting, like I didn't how- know that there was a Suzuki method of acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, There's a, a Suzuki, Suzuki method. method for um, learning musical instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. And that's so it's not, the one I'm familiar with. <laughs> yes. So it's not just for musical instruments but, either. There's yeah. a, a Suzuki method for acting. Is it the same? Acting. Is it the same Suzuki or is it just, because Suzuki is a pretty common last name, I think. I'm pretty oh, sure it's- my cat. Oh, she, she's here to cause yeah. trouble. Hello, Tina. I can't I be. No, she's like right below the camera line. There's a tail. <laughs> um, it is as far as I know. Here she is. Hi, honey. Say there hi, she sweetie. is. No, she's There's not going to cooperate. Tina. When I want her to squeak, she won't squeak. Yeah, well, ain't that the way? Oh, but she's, she's gonna const- she's gonna crawl around and. 
cause, cause trouble. Oh my gosh, um, my chair is so loud. If Sorry, I'm not everyone. mistaken, and I could be because I mm-hmm. graduated from college almost five years ago, uh, <laughs> the Suzuki method is it's it's the same Suzuki or of a similar like like maybe it's derived from the musical performance method. Okay, they're related. They are of a similar arts movement. Okay. Um, and the Suzuki okay. method translates into viewpoints, which is a very like avant-garde uh, act performance method that I'm trained in, and all these things. So, uh-huh. um, okay. I had a professor. I had a, one of my professors really specialized in uh, viewpoints and Suzuki, and she set, taught mm-hmm. whole classes on it. And it is very, it's very like no acting, uh-huh. um, which I'm more familiar. I can draw closer to the uh, top of my head, which is very like slow isometric uh-huh. movements. Is how no. Mm-hmm. Uh, tends to be, and it's very similar to that. So anyway, this has been <laughs> Hannah's viewpoint, <laughs> Hannah's acting corner. <laughs> <laughs> we can look at if you, hey, if you're listening to this and you know if there if there is or is not a connection between the Suzuki acting method and the Suzuki instrument method, um, email us noexitpodcast yeah. at gmail dot com. I'm ninety percent sure there is, but I'll ask my professor and Penner later. Mm-hmm. We're Facebook friends. And hey, if you've ever gotten stuck at a Sonic drive-in, you can still Shit. email us that story. If you've ever story. gotten stuck at a Sonic drive-in, if you've ever... <laughs> if you've eaten a Tombstone pizza in the last, I don't know, 15 years. Ever, maybe. I don't know. Uh, if you remember what Tombstone pizza tastes like. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you... I don't remember. Oh, if you're yeah. Aesop Rock. That's right, Aesop yeah, Rock. Yeah, if you are to... Aesop Rock. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're Aesop Rock's cat... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just and honestly, I can't even remember. We've had a lot of. <laughs> if you're within calls like to action. two degrees of separation from Aesop Rock, <laughs> that would be great. And um, uh, anyway, <laughs> so The Ring was a cool movie. Huh? So yeah, so we watched The Ring. Um, so this movie opens with two teenage girls. Um, they're in school uniforms, which is a reference to um, the Japanese version, of course. Yeah, Japan is famous for its school uniforms. Among other things. Um, (laughs) For totally uh, innocent and regular reasons. But anyway, so there's, um, so there's, you know, two teenage girls, they're talking, and, you know, one of them says, one of them's talking about how there's so many weight, like, TV, like, rays, like, frying our brains and everything. And um, then they start talking about, you know, her friend is like, oh, hey, have you heard about this videotape that curses you, like that kills you after you watch it? And um, her friend is just like, and her friend's like, I've seen oh, that. Like, I've yeah. heard of it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she goes on to say that she was at um, she was at this cabin with her boyfriend and they were trying to record a football game. But instead, the tape recorded this weird different oh message. Yeah. yeah i didn't mm-hmm. even think about that how they recorded it mm-hmm. on the tape because yeah, she was they haunting were... the tv oh mm-hmm. fuck because the tv was over the fucking mm-hmm. well where yeah. she was so she haunted the, and then she was in the mm-hmm. thing with the tv with the static and it was the only mm-hmm. thing she had so she haunted the fucking tv and mm-hmm. that's how she got on the tape okay well there i have more about that but we can talk about that later <laughs> yeah well that's anyways, how as of right now that's how yeah. i think she got mm-hmm. into okay. the tape was yeah, there was so, a tv right above her Watery grave. Right. So the tape comes into existence when these kids are trying to record a football game off TV and it the signal's bad and they end up with the cursed videotape instead. Um, and then they're kind of, and then she's kind of fucking around with her friend. They're both trying to scare each other. And then the phone A lot rings. of stuff happens. There's an extremely spooky uh, ghost. 
mm-hmm. which you don't see how, sp- I mean, this TV freaks out and it's just kind of like jump scary. That's the thing mm-hmm. that I was, so uh, I feel like, I don't feel like everybody on earth knows what the ring is about, but I feel like mm-hmm. I'm the last person on earth to see the ring. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the, uh, uh, it was, one of the things that surprised me most about it was there were no real like jump scares. Like there were kind of yeah. jump scares, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like um, it was different. It, it was, was more like, like the characters were being jump scared just by an incidental thing that happened. Right. There was tension um, with spooky images, but I, mm-hmm. there wasn't like like monsters didn't like pop out and scare the right. shit out of me. For so mm-hmm. to contrast, like I it, said when we were when we were watching this, uh, what I said to Hannah and Kai was there, this movie doesn't have a lot of cheap shots in it. Yeah, which I loved. It, I respected the movie for that. It was kind to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But for instance, like a ghost uh, story that I did scream a lot at was, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm gonna get it right this time, The Haunting of Hill House. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I said the right one. Maybe for the first yeah, time I ever. I said the name right. Hooray! Which is extra impressive because I'm in my living room uh, sitting mm-hmm. on the floor on my meditation cushion, which means there's a copy of Betrayal at House on the Hill like oh, right no. next like to Oh no, like right me. next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that show is almost entirely cheap sc- shots with scary guns. Or like, okay, mm-hmm. so I guess what I mean to say, I, I figured out the monster doesn't look that scary in. Mm-hmm. Like the monster isn't scary in. Uh-huh. I mean, the monster is scary, but the monster doesn't look scary in the ring. Mm-hmm. Whereas like uh, Haunting of Hill House, it would yeah. be a jump you scare. Don't, you don't see the monster very much in the no. ring. No. You she's, see the cursed videotape a lot, and she's which not is scary. Yeah. Like, you, all you see is the well, and then in later versions of the tape, you can kind of see, almost see her hand coming out. Yeah, totally. But- you yeah, don't you see her until the end, essentially. Yeah, she does. So she doesn't. That's true. She, you mm-hmm. see her, uh, like as the kid. You don't see mm-hmm. the ghost. You're right. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, you don't see her as a ghost. You see her on video, um, as just like a little girl. Yeah. Um, but you don't see the ghost herself until like almost the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will say, I know you. Th- You know, we might think like, oh, it's just like a girl with long hair. Like, that's not scary because the image of the ondio is so like uh, embedded culturally in uh, culturally in Japanese culture. Just like (laughs) saying the same word over and over. Department of Redundancy Department. Um, (laughs) Since the image is so embedded in culture there, that would be something that would evoke a fear response just all by itself. Like just the image of of someone who's pale, dressed in white with long black hair, that's inherently scary and Very scary. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, No, I mean, yes, that makes complete sense because it's Mm -hmm. like Haunting of Hill House, for instance, it would would jump scare, but the Uh the ghosts themselves, like the faces of the ghosts were Uh so funny fucking scary in mm-hmm. uh, Haunting of Hill House. Because I don't like, this is why I don't like Junji Ito. I really mm-hmm. don't love body horror in terms uh-huh. of I don't love like distorted faces and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like the scary, well, there's a lot of scary images in this movie, but the scariest image of a person mm-hmm. in this movie to me is when a uh, homegirl at the beginning that you see yeah. the flashback and you see her fucked mm-hmm. up face. Yeah, that's you see scary. her fucked up face for a second. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking scary. Um, mm-hmm. But... Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so moving on, uh, so we're, so the teenage girl gets killed by the ghost. So let me talk a little bit about, um, so, 
It's a lot of spooky no. kids in this movie, and not yeah. just the spooky. Oh ghost yeah, kid. the um, yeah, her, the actor playing her son, you really liked, didn't you? He was so um, good. Yeah, David really Dorfman um, playing uh, Rachel's son, a- Aiden. Is that his name? Aiden? Yeah, sure. I whatever. think it's Aiden. Some, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, some white kid name. I think it was yeah. Aiden. I think, I think Aiden it was Aiden. Correct. And he has that great scene at Katie's funeral. And it turns out also the main character of this movie is the aunt of the girl who dies. That's important. Yes. Um, yeah, because that's why she goes to investigate about the videotape right. is because she was related to this girl and her sister, the girl's mom, specifically says, like, I need you to look into this for me. Right. And she's, so, a, she's a hot shot, mm-hmm. no nonsense Fast talking lady journalist. She's mm-hmm. on the case. Uh huh. And I, I have more sympathy for Rachel than you do, but I didn't have a journalist mother growing up. Yeah, that's the thing is I have some specific trauma related to absent journalist mothers who are married mm-hmm. to their work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I had sympathy for Rachel completely, especially by the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just at the beginning when she's just being kind of a huge cunt to everybody and including yeah. her son. I did not have sympathy mm-hmm. for that, but she seems to learn her lesson, hopefully. Mm hmm. Um, because yeah. of this, the eventual ghost. Uh, but she is, it was mm-hmm. when it opened, I was like, oh, this is our second week in a row with movies of, of the white ladies sticking their nose <laughs> where it doesn't belong. I know. Bossy white blonde ladies um, getting involved in stuff that's none of their business. But it kind of is her business because someone she was related to and who she cared about died. Yeah, so it is, it's um, much different than a white lady just being like, I don't know, I heard this story. Better go to the mm-hmm. projects and see what I can uh-huh. find. <laughs> Right. In my suit and see what I can find. Um, Yeah. Um, But anyway, what I was trying to get back to um, was you really commented on David Dorfman has this like emotional facial journey at the like post funeral party. Yeah, completely. um, Where he just walks up to a picture of Katie, the girl, his cousin, the girl who dies in the beginning. And he just has this like. You should probably talk about it because you were the one who commented yeah, on totally. it when we were watching. He just does He does a, a really great, it's a totally silent scene where he just goes through like this series of emotions of like sadness and he's gonna speak, but then like opens his mouth to speak and then closes his mouth. It's just like, it was mm-hmm. very good acting, very good and mm-hmm. subtle acting that I have seen many adult actors like telling mm-hmm. an actor how to control their face is very, very difficult to do. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you don't say this, you don't say, I don't know. Look mm-hmm. sad. If you're a good director, you have more instruction <laughs> than that, but it's very hard. To, it's, it's, to me, in my mind, it's very hard to like direct somebody to do what he did, and it was I was mm-hmm. very impressed because yeah, I think you kind of have to just have the emotional journey, yeah, basically, I mean, in order yeah, to like portray it, you have to like kind of conjure it up, yeah, totally, um, which is a difficult thing for a child actor to do. This kid is also terrifying looking. Yeah, no, he's super. <laughs> he's scary. a very spooky child. They found the most spooky um, and stoic. Like they found the most stoic, fucking spooky. I don't know, whatever, ten year old boy mm-hmm. that they could with who has the standard like spooky boy in a horror movie haircut <laughs> totally it's totally like the same haircut that um Haley Joel Osment has in the sixth sense yeah, like I said spooky kid in a horror movie haircut yeah um I don't know if that counts as a horror movie oh but. yeah so that actor is unfortunately that kid's not an actor anymore he's now like works in like politics or diplomacy or something I mean there's a he's like you you can find lots of photos of him in a suit with an American flag in the corner. Well, so uh, he does something in in, in politics. So I don't like yeah. him anymore. But there's a lot oh. of overlap in the skill set between those mm-hmm. two. 
uh, yeah. And I mean, live, live your life, bro. Yeah. I mean, I you mean do you. acting's not for everyone. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, not liking yeah. him because he doesn't do acting. I don't give a shit. Plenty <laughs> of people don't act. I dislike him because he's a politician. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. But, uh, I don't think he's a politician. I think he's like a, he's like a diplomatic, like advisor. He's like, it works in diplomacy could, or something. Could, could be good. It's just, yeah, I don't know. He's a white guy working in government, so I have a natural anyway, mistrust of him. Yeah. Anyway. This has been our sidebar about where is David Dorfman now? Where's that child? Um, Actually, that's a great segment <laughs> for the show. Uh, where's that, where's child, that child actor Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of child actors in horror movies because children mm-hmm. are very scary. Children are inherently terrifying. Yeah. Um, so he's real good. What about the, I mean, the girl was really good too. The girl who played Samara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DeVay Chase was really good. Um, and she doesn't have a ton to do. We don't see a whole lot of her. Her main scene is just the the scene where she's on film, like when she's in the psychiatric hospital and you see that time is passing and time is passing. She doesn't sleep at all. And then they've got her wired up with um the, like, to like an, uh, uh, an EEG machine or something. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's questioning her about the uh, um, uh, images that she made. Yeah, because she makes these super fucked up, like, uh, mm-hmm. what's that called? The That type of image. There's a name for it. Uh, thermography or something? something like that. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that yeah, sounds, um, those words mean that thing in that order, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, so this... I may as well just talk about this now. Um, going back to, you know, you were theorizing about how she made the tape. So she had this power when she was alive. Gotcha. And in um, in Japanese, that's called nensha. Okay. And it's, which basically means like psychic photography, people Ooh. who can just project their thoughts and create images from it. Cool. So she had that power as a living child. Gotcha. Um, and then as a ghost, I guess it's like intensified. So that's Nensha is how she produces the cursed videotape. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so and it's also how she made the images and it's how she burned the um, image of the tree behind the wallpaper in the bar. Right. And then also like she projects the um, visions into other people's minds. Totally. So that's a power that she just had already. So she's not like haunting the videotape, but I was sorry I can now hear my own voice in my ears. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh. <laughs> uh, I guess I just noticed It's distracting, it. isn't it? It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, no, I can't take my headphones off because then I can't hear you. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I One of us went to school with, for audio recording and one of us did not. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, guess which one? Guess which one? Uh, um, but was I, I right in saying that she was able to do that basically to that tape? I mean, I guess she could have done mm-hmm. it anywhere, but she was. It seems mm-hmm. that she was able to do that. Yeah, they were because yeah, they were in the cabin on top of where her body is. Gotcha. So she was projecting so, the mm-hmm. images basically onto the TV. Oh wait, no, because she did mm-hmm. them onto the tape because they didn't see the images until they watched it back. So she was projecting the mm-hmm. images onto the tape. Smart, yes. smart way for a ghost to mm-hmm. communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, um, she. She's using this uh, like psychic photography, spirit photography power. Interesting. That I guess has been like enhanced since she died. Um, There's a lot of things that are more clear in the Japanese version and in the novel that are, and there's differences between the novel and the Japanese movie, but and they they've made this is so this is the third ring movie already the the american remake is the third version of the ring on film because there was a tv movie and then a theatrical movie in japan and then the american remake interesting um 
so there's a lot of um, themes in this movie of like uh, tradition clashing with modernity. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of like traditional looking Japanese ghost like interacting with modern technology using this kind of well-accepted psychic power. Yeah. Ninja was, um, the term ninja was coined or like psychic or thought photography was coined during the spiritualist craze in Japan in like around like the early 1910s, like pre-World War One era. Interesting. When um, the spiritualist movement that was popular in, uh, that started to take on, take gain steam, G- gather, gather steam. steam. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, I can't build my, steam. My idioms are totally screwed up. Uh, um, t- starts. So the spirit, it was gaining traction. Gaining that was traction, our, building in steam. In Europe, like in the late 19th yeah, yeah, century, yeah. Um, eventually spread to Japan. It was really popular, like around like ni- the early, very early 1900s. Um, and so there's, and that's when they started to kind of think about like traditional notions of like spirituality clashing with like modern technology totally that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah which is funny because at the time i'm sure it was whatever but it's all comically dated of course because this film was made Mm -hmm. in 2002 um but to me you know what it doesn't seem dated to me to me it seems more like a an accidental period oh yeah i guess kind of like um kind of like Candyman, actually, where it's like, this is accidentally a period piece because this ghetto doesn't exist anymore. Totally, It's accidentally a period piece because this technology was kind of a flash in the pan. Right. Because things have progressed so rapidly. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it was, it was, it was such a, so this is a a broader thing that it was, to me, it was such a well done movie that even Mm -hmm. when they were saying a bunch of obvious nonsense about VHS tapes that like wasn't Uh in any way true. Oh yeah. All, all the like VHS trivia in this movie is complete bullshit. It's all total garbage. None of it's true. Like you can't stretch the frame of a VHS tape. No. Um, like you can't, like, there's no such thing as a tracking window and you can't tell what device recorded the tape by the control track. Like none of that is true. Yeah. 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 yeah so none of that's true, but the mm-hmm. movie was so good that I, and it, it now makes sense that the, the spirit photography thing is well accepted in Japan. Cause that was the mm-hmm. one place where I was like, is that, I mean, I wasn't bothered by it, but it was just like a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff wasn't explained in, in uh-huh. the ring. Yeah. And you but know, I, they tr- kind I of trusted leave it the movie enough because it was such a good movie that it didn't really mm-hmm. need to be like it was it yeah. added to the spookiness of Samara that like nobody n- knows why she can do this mm-hmm. to me and there is there's some exclamation supposedly that's shoehorned into the ring too which I haven't seen because I've heard it's a garbage movie I'm sure <laughs> um but uh but so they try to- I I like that it that this movie leaves things um kind of leaves things unexplained. I I kind of like that in horror movies and you can get away with it in horror movies. You don't have to give everything an explanation. Right. It can just be spooky and scary. Right. Cuz And sometimes horror movies ruin things by trying to explain too much. Yeah, totally. Um like The Ring too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it it Things are, I mean, just like in life, some things can't be explained. They're just mm-hmm. scary. They just are. Yeah. You just are mm-hmm. going to be scared. There's no time to analyze this. It's just frightening. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, so one of the big things, so the, when I first saw this movie, it scared the shit out of me. I lost sleep over this movie. I was like 16 or 17 years old, rented it from Blockbuster because I still hadn't seen it. And I watched it. And the twist ending 
where, you know, you think it's over. Like, oh, we gave the ghost what she wants. Yeah, she's Because that's the thing in Western stories. You give the ghost what she wants and she's at rest and she goes away. Right. With Onryo, that doesn't work. Nothing stops them. They are just an unstoppable force of vengeance and they will never be satisfied. Right. Like, they, all they care about is, like, pain and revenge. Like, they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think that's a problem I've always had with the... Uh, not with Western horror in general, but just like this gets mm-hmm. into deeper, like the way I believe about my life. But the, p- p- the problem I have with people with ghosts is they just mm-hmm. sometimes people with real ghosts just try to like overanalyze the situation. And they're like, what does the ghost want? I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know, dude. Just don't worry about it. Maybe like mm-hmm. just leave it alone. Yeah. How about <laughs> like we don't well, have also to know from what- a literary. From a literary standpoint, the. uh like that's a really big difference between um European and um East Asian ghost stories. Totally. Because European ghost stories are mystery stories mm-hmm. fundamentally. It's like you there's a mystery once you solve it, it's resolved. Asian ghost stories are cautionary tales. Yeah, that makes it's sense. Like, don't fuck, you know, don't fuck with shit because you will be cursed forever and the ghost will come and kill you and nothing you do will stop her. Right. You have to, yeah, unless you move mm-hmm. her target to somebody else. Like, the yeah. only in this film, the only way mm-hmm. to get her to leave you alone is to shirk uh-huh. her off to somebody else. But she yeah. won't. It doesn't mm-hmm. get rid of the problem. It just gets rid of the problem for you. Uh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, it's, it's again, it's this, uh, you know, it's something you were talking about uh, or something I was thinking about while you are talking about that is I feel like that's almost true, not entirely, but that's often true of Gothic Americana also. Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily the Gothic, like European Gothic, but like Gothic Americana has mm-hmm. a lot of that character of just like evil seething vengeance and nothing uh-huh. you do will stop it which is something i really like it's a lot of like southern gothic for instance because the south is so evil and haunted and i think for mm-hmm. maybe really similar reasons like i don't know if it's all rooted in like violence and cultural trauma but i'm sure that's mm-hmm. part of it um but yeah in like in like the southern gothic for instance like a lot of gothic americana tales uh, i'm just most familiar with the southern gothic are about like no matter what you do the south will drag you back and kill you basically like mm-hmm. no matter what you do you will be drawn it's much more place based but like uh-huh. no matter what you do yeah. which i think shows yeah, up a lot and that's very uh that's a very like specifically american thing mm-hmm. too where it's like america so we talked about like western uh european ghost stories or mystery stories asian ghost stories or east asia i'm generalizing yeah yeah are cosh are often cautionary tales American ghost stories are about people going crazy in small towns. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's like, it's about like, are there ghosts or is there madness? Yeah. Or is it both? Yeah. Go- American ghost stories are often a lot about the land also. Mm-hmm. American ghost stories are often about like, like yeah. the, qu- the the trope of the Indian burial ground is like mm-hmm. what we did. American ghost stories, I think on a, on a subtle or overt level are about this cultural mm-hmm. fucking uh uh, uh, anxiety about what we did to the land and its people, and how mm-hmm. America is haunted forever because of it. Uh-huh. Like America, and there's and there are regional differences. In oh, that completely. Too. Like there's definitely like um, there's a lot of um, like Western American horror stories are different from like Southern American completely. horror yeah. stories, or like 
Pacific Northwest yeah, but, or like New England. But yeah, Northwest. There's a lot of like regional differences and a lot of it is kind of like landscape oriented. Completely. Like the landscape sets the tone. Yeah, completely. And in this part of the country, there's a lot and, and in also kind of like more into like Appalachia, there's a lot of ghost stories set in like mining towns uh-huh. where it's just like, so where it's kind of about how like the company made us do this and a whole bunch of people died and now it's haunted. Yeah, totally. And like, mm-hmm. like a lot of, like modern southern gothic about like like appalachian gothic is also Mm -hmm. about how the company abandoned us and left us to rot like like it's about people being abandoned Mm -hmm. which shows up oh there's a lot of gothic americana in which again is one of my passions is uh Mm -hmm. uh in the literary movements of the, the pacific northwest gothic um they there's just a lot of it in it's I mean obviously water is a huge focus of Pacific Northwest Mm -hmm. Gothic because it is ever present and extremely oppressive and awful in Washington Mm -hmm. like you're always wet you're just always wet so of course all of your (laughs) stressful horror stories are about just like being so wet that you die like it's so (laughs) awful in in Washington (laughs) Washington, like the the, deadly damp it's basically the deadly damp yeah like well so for instance in fucking uh, Betrayal at House on the no fuck I said the wrong one (laughs) that's the board game damn it in The Haunting of Hill House. Wah, 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 wah. The Haunting of Hill House, it's, well, it t- turns out not to be this, but the, they think the, pro- well, there is a, they have a, a black mold problem in the whole house. Like mm-hmm. mold is this thing, or like damp mm-hmm. and wet is this thing that haunts yeah. you. Um, yeah, so there's just a lot. And it was the sun, I mean, this is accurate. This could have just been like an average time filming in, in fucking Washington. In Seattle, mm-hmm. but the sun, you never see the sun in the ring, which I think is a very mm-hmm. effective fucking um, Pacific Northwest Gothic thing. It's like mm-hmm. the water will drag you down and there is no uh-huh. sun. Yeah. And um, like they also, um, they, this comes from the period of time when all horror movies were blue green. Yes. <laughs> in palette. Like, <laughs> so they did the, the, the ring has a deliberate kind of like greenish cast that they put over it. And you see that in all kinds of movies from around this time period, like Asian horror movies. It's like from the nineties and early two thousands. It's like, Oh, I wonder what color this movie is going to be. <laughs> it's like, will it be blue? Will it be Brown? Will it be green? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Probably <laughs> all three. We'll find out. Um, I will tell you in this case, having spent a, a chunk of time in Seattle, that's exactly mm-hmm. what Seattle looks like. Seattle has a blue-green mm-hmm. filter all over the whole city because it's <laughs> a miserable place to live. Um, you know what's funny? The only time I've ever been to Seattle, it was sunny. That's so funny. I have mm-hmm. been to Seattle like five-ish yeah. times. and It wasn't like super, super sunny, but it was definitely like it wasn't like oppressively overcast. Oh, it yeah. was like early summer. I've been on trips. Like to late spring, totally. like late May or early June. I've been on a trip to Seattle in May where I saw the sun maybe once. I've been on a trip to Seattle in August where it only rained one day. And I've been on a trip to Seattle in November as an example mm-hmm. where I did not see the sun for nine days at all. It <laughs> rained constantly and I did not see the sun for nine days, mm-hmm. but I was out there for my friend's birthday. It's like, you're mm-hmm. lucky I love you because this is the worst and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, that friend lives in Denver again now, where it's sunny all the time. So hooray! Uh, but it, yeah, it's actually very nice to have the sun. Like when we're in quarantine, and like we have, we're the whole state has a shelter in place order now, so we're not supposed to go outside except to like walk the dog and shit. Yeah, 
Um, although it doesn't really matter as long as you avoid other people, you can go wherever you want, yeah, exactly. but just don't go to public crowded places. Exactly. Um, but it's nice to have it sunny and have like the windows open and nice fresh air. Oh, it makes a huge it's difference. fresh air where I live. I don't know about in town, but it's, it's probably nice and fresh with fewer cars on the road. I was going to say, it's actually <laughs> surprisingly fresh in the city. Like the sky is so blue right now because there's mm-hmm. the carbon emissions are cut. I've been cut like mm-hmm. at least oh, yeah. in half by massively by capitalism getting shut down by a virus. <laughs> Um, I always knew it would be a virus that brought us to its, mm-hmm. its knees. Viruses, viruses are objectively stronger than humans. Like viruses mm-hmm. are better than us, and they will be the thing that ends us. Which is so surprisingly, that actually leads me into uh, some differences between the American and the Japanese version of this movie. And this is totally by accident. I didn't plan on showing this during a viral outbreak because of this. I like learned this piece of trivia like while I was researching after I'd already decided we were going to watch this. Yeah, 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 after we were so, already. <laughs> yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. So, um there's a couple differences and there's some there's differences between the novel and the uh, Japanese movies. For instance, in the novel, the main character's a man and all the the like main characters are are gender swapped. Um it's a man who has he's married and has like a young uh, baby gotcha. daughter um and then in the uh um japanese movies they made it a female protagonist her name is reiko so we have rachel and reiko oh, okay i see and then we have um and then like i said the uh samara is based on um uh the character called sadako um and sadako yamamura is actually an adult Interesting. she's not a little okay. kid um so when she's <clears throat> When she's murdered, she's actually a grown adult. And her mother was a famous psychic who commits suicide after being humiliated by the press. Interesting. So the whole horse thing, the, the whole horses and the barn motif and everything, that's unique to the American Oh, version. that's so American. Um, that's part of the that's part of the regionalization um, was the horses. Um, I feel like uh, uh, you can write the, a parody of a gothic Americana novel that mm-hmm. just said well all my dang horses died like it's such a common trope <laughs> yeah all our livestock are mysteriously yeah, dead. something mysterious yeah, killed that's, the horses that again. is the story <laughs> yeah uh, dang but that's the story of american my ding dang horse uh, went into the ocean uh, pacific northwest gothic mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's an adult and there's um, no horses. so she's an adult um and there's no there, and there's no horses and um sadako actually um in the novel she's intersex oh She's in, she's been hospitalized and one of the doctors realizes that she has um uh AIS mm-hmm. and that just kind of it's just kind of a thing. Yeah. I guess well actually it, it does tie in because one of the themes is parenthood mm-hmm. and motherhood and that's kind of part of the uh theme of like tradition and modernity clashing totally. is these women who are like their mothers and they maybe don't want to be or aren't super good at it and then the main the main antagonist is a woman who can't be a mother but wants to be. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of part of her character in the novel. From what I understand, I haven't read the novel. Um, and then <laughs> in the novel, part of Sadako's backstory of how she becomes a, a ghost involves both rape and smallpox. Cool. Great. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> she gets assaulted by a doctor and infected with smallpox. Yikes, Rooney. She, yeah, she, she fights back, um, and he kills her. Oh, okay. uh, mm -hmm. So it's not her parents who kill her. Um, she is assaulted and fights back and is murdered. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, you know, 
traditional, just good old fashioned rape and murder situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it makes sense uh, why she's so pissed off for all eternity. Yes. Yeah. So, and then he throws her down a well right. when she's already dead. Um, so, um, and this is actually, um, this is based on very loosely on a, an old Japanese folktale about a ghost who's killed by being pushed down a well. Um, and I don't remember the name of that folktale, but it's um, like a like a very famous uh, folk. Just Jap- doesn't matter. Yes, Japanese folktale. Yeah. <laughs> it's very famous. Somebody gets pushed down. Yeah, well. yeah, very very famous Japanese folktale um, about a ghost who's killed by being pushed down a well. So, um, and then the but the thing about you know the well then had like a cabin built over it, and there's kind of like a hotel in the area. That's the same. Gotcha. I'm pretty okay. sure. So that's all the same. And then she, you know, she projects her message onto videotapes. But the implication is that the vi- the smallpox virus combines with her her psychic photography powers into this curse that in order to save yourself from it, you have to replicate. Interesting. So like so like a, like virus, a virus, the cursed videotape has um, wants to replicate yeah. itself. And it needs... And so that's how you escape. Yes, and it need, like a virus, it needs a host to replicate. She can't just go around mm-hmm. infecting everybody's videotapes. Yeah. Can't she, replicate A human host has to, to share mm-hmm. the videotape uh, in order mm-hmm. for her to infect. Oh, damn, she's exactly like a virus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what in... So, sorry, you're probably not done with the, the difference between the... No, that's okay. fine. Uh, what the fuck? Okay, I just want you to finish because I have a lot to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? So, what the fuck is Samara's problem? Is basically what I'm trying to ask. Okay, so what's what's her yeah. deal? So, essentially, and this, like I said, this is kind of shoehorned into the ring too. Um, the implication is that Sadako is not human. Interesting. Um, Samara. So, in the ring, um, what they say is, well, you know, they couldn't have a baby, and they went on vacation and came back. Right. With a that baby. was a very like changeling. Changing yeah. maybe n- mm-hmm. narrative. Yeah. And in the ring, it's very much just like, we don't know where they got this child from. They just came back with a child. Yeah. Um, and in the, uh, so in uh, the ring, the implication is that um, Sadako is, Sadako's father was like an ocean spirit, essentially. It was like an ocean demon. Okay. So she's like half, so she's basically like, half human and half supernatural creature. Gotcha. Okay. So Samara, essentially Samara is, she is not of this world. That's her problem gotcha. is that she is not, she is not human. She is not um, uh, meant to yeah, be yeah. raised by this ordinary human couple. That, so that's, she is like not of the earth. So that's according to Canon in the ring two, which is a trash movie. Mm-hmm. So yes, here's and according to, to Sadako's to, backstory, to and so the, yeah. assuming mm-hmm. that it's not exactly the same, that was one of my. I mean, just for the f- sake of fun conversation, oh, mm-hmm. uh, what if it wasn't that in this one, and it was so? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very. I mean, again, yeah, I'd love to hear was, what your theory is. Yes, uh, 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 obviously, it's. A, I mean, not obviously, obviously, it's a very like, um, like the story of the changeling child is a very like classic, not even just horror story. It's just a, a trope. And mm-hmm. it's in A Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, for instance. Mm-hmm. There's that whole really, really dumb subplot with the changeling baby that we cut from our mm-hmm. version because it's dumb and boring. Um, 
Which there is some scholarly thought now that the the narrative of the changeling baby was actually people who did not understand autism at the time mm-hmm. because it does not manifest usually until kids are like four or five. So it was this whole uh-huh. narrative of people who like, you know, were quote unquote raising one kid and then their quote kid quote unquote like changed dramatically so much that they thought it was mm-hmm. like a, a fairy changeling, which was seen uh-huh. is often seen as like the fairies would switch your the changeling was the fairies would switch your baby with a fucking mm-hmm. changeling baby. Um so it could have been that. Like Yeah, it's, it's switch your baby take your baby and replace it with one of theirs. Right, totally. And then that mm-hmm. would cause great mischief and strife throughout your life. If you were mean to mm-hmm. the fairies, basically. Like if you if you didn't make an offering to the fairies, they would take your baby and switch it with one of theirs and it would be no good. Mm-hmm. Um so that's that's my theory. So uh, am I completely wrong? I could have sworn that in the newspaper article that she's reading with the microfiche, it says mm-hmm. that she is holding her infant daughter when she falls off the uh-huh. horse no it's she wasn't the one who fell off the horse someone else fell off the horse oh gotcha so that was part of she was holding her mm-hmm. infant daughter when somebody yeah else. she was watching gotcha. okay but she was but she had so basically they're asking she was like a bystander and they're interviewing her yeah you said anna morgan who was holding her infant gotcha. daughter in okay her i thought that she yeah. had fallen mm-hmm. off of a horse with her infant daughter and i was like what if mm-hmm. it was a weird psychic head injury um, mm-hmm. probably not. So it's probably just a changeling, mm-hmm. changeling ocean demon baby. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not even a changeling. Well, it doesn't have to be a changeling because she's adopted. Yeah, she does, she's you know, a they just, baby. and it's like, so I, I really like that it's not explained in the ring because it's just like the Morgans couldn't have a child and they came at, back with a baby yeah. who grew up to be not quite right. Yeah. And we don't know where this kid came yeah, from. Yeah, totally. That's so, that's so, I feel like there's so many American horror movies about that exact concept mm-hmm. basically yeah. uh there's like the omen is one i know about mm-hmm. uh-huh uh there's that one that just came out with the scary girl that maybe it doesn't didn't just come out what's the one with the scary girl who everybody thinks she's pretending to be a kid but she's actually a scary adult oh orphan yeah thank you yeah that was like more than 10 years ago that movie came whatever out. dude i'm like 10 yeah. years uh-huh. behind and everything you know that that's okay. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Though. But I feel like that's such we'll an interesting thing that that's such a common trope in American mm-hmm. horror is like we couldn't have a child and we we or we like so we like went mm-hmm. away and got one and it turned out to be this super like this mm-hmm. weird cultural I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you hear that not just in, but in like European fairy tales, stories from all over totally. the world. You hear stories about people who are trying to have a child, they can't, so they make some kind of sacrifice or they go and ask a witch for help yeah. and or they go and ask the fairy folk for help and it never turns out well. and they get a child and it may or may not turn out the way they want it, it usually to. turns out pretty bad um <laughs> in, in my readings uh, but that's mm-hmm. just such an interesting thing that it i mean i i think that having a child at all is always oh i just think it's horrifying bad, yeah so. the, the, a, a nice a, a fucking a, but i'm biased a nice movie about like a, a family adopting a kid would be a very scary horror movie to me. Like, no, thank you. If mm-hmm. I was going to have kids, I would obviously adopt because mm-hmm. I'm an ethical person. But uh, fuck that right. is what I say. Um, but mm-hmm. it's just so interesting to me that especially in America, which is the body of culture I am most familiar with being that I live here mm-hmm. um, and I'm from here, <laughs> that it's it seems to be such a pervasive fear that you won't be able to have a child. And there's this weird, I mean, like obviously there's a cultural stigma against adoption here Mm -hmm. because there's so many unadopted kids in America. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we have a huge problem of uh, unadopted kids in in foster care here and everywhere, but Mm -hmm. 
it's I don't know. I don't have anything more intelligent to say about yeah. that. But it's just really interesting that that seems to be such a pervasive fear in the West that like you mm-hmm. won't be able to produce your own air. And when you like try to like thwart God by going to get your own baby from whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. It'll go horribly, it will go horribly awry awry. in some yeah. way. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you're some sort of miserable failure because you can't have your own biological children. Um. Anyway. So Samara's super uh, scary, and she seems to just be super yeah. scary because she's some sort of Yeah, she's just demon. in it. She just is the way that she yeah, is. Yeah, great. Um, love it. And it, there, there is that great moment. I love the way DeVay Chase delivers the line uh, when she said, you know, the doctor's like, you know, she, she says, you know, when can I go see my mommy? And he says, you know, well, not until we find out what's wrong with you. He said, because you, you don't want to hurt anyone, do you? And she says, but I do. And I'm sorry. Yeah. It won't stop. Yeah. And she says it. It's and it, that was my favorite part of the it's movie. Chilling. It's super chilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so super chilly. Super chilling. That was my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite like bits of the movie is the is the re- repetition of showing that video earlier. Mm-hmm. And she's she's delivering it, and you're seeing it through Rachel's eyes. So you see it as this kind of like innocent kid who doesn't understand what's happening to her a little bit. Like mm-hmm. it's chilling, but you see it as this kid who's kind of like the first time you hear it, it sounds more like, but it won't stop, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I'm sorry, and it won't stop. Yeah. And then when you- Yeah, she's like, like it's like she's saying, I can't stop it, please help yeah. me, the first time you hear it. And then when you hear it again, like, which is- Or like, I'm sorry, I can't stop, I'm not in control. Right, like, I don't understand what's happening to me because I'm a child mm-hmm. and I, I, please help. Uh, and then you, when you hear it again, when Rachel is flashing back with new context after her son is mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't have helped her. Um, you mm-hmm. hear, you see her looking at it with new clarity, and so you get to hear uh-huh. her go- but it won't like you don't want to hurt Bunny, and she says, uh, "She says, but I do, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It won't stop. Like it's more of like mm-hmm. a, uh-huh. uh, like a warning or like a. Yeah, she's just totally unremorseful, mm-hmm. and so it makes it. Yeah, she's kind of she's kind of saying sorry, not sorry. Yeah, she's saying like sorry, it won't stop. Mm-hmm. You're gonna die. She's she kind of she's saying like sucks to be. You. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She's saying to them like sorry, but it's not gonna stop. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just, it was just so brilliant. I mean, I'm no filmmaker, but I thought it was a really, really well made mm-hmm. movie. A lot of really incredible mm-hmm. uh, shots yeah. in the film. Yeah, it's really beautiful. There's a lot of like really beautiful scenes and these very like scary slow burn mm-hmm. scenes, like when the horse jumps off the ferry Ugh. and then there's this long wait, she runs down to the end and then there's this long pause and then you see the blood in the water yeah. from the cursed videotape. Yeah. And then there's that flash of like the ring icon. Yeah. And that okay, that is unique to this movie. Interesting. Um, the 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 image of the ring as being the top of the well, and the ring as being like a, a an image that you see that is unique to this movie. I thought it was really effective. The title, the title, the ring in in Japanese, what it referred to was the viral cycle of the curse. Interesting. It's like in order to to curse, in yeah, order yeah. to free yourself, you have to curse somebody else, and it repeats and repeats. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. I thought, yeah, I thought the uh, the ring as the top of the well was such uh, mm-hmm. a fucking, I don't know. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. The whole, the movie is brilliant. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was, I recognized that it was a, an homage uh-huh. to Unchien Andalou, which is a very mm-hmm. scary, uh, but not necessarily meant to be. It's just kind of what's going on in Dali's head film that Salvador mm-hmm. Dali made where you watch. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just, it's just like scary and like a trippy way. Yeah, it's super. Well, for instance, mm-hmm. there's a scene where you watch an a b- eyeball, a flesh, a real flesh eyeball being sliced mm-hmm. open with a razor blade. Yeah. That's pretty yep. bad. 
that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like right up on the screen and it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. We watched it, in, I told Wendy this off mic, but we watched it in a theater class. And my professor was like, like, okay, this next part is like pretty rough. So if you're squeamish, like you might want to close your eyes. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's some pretty rough imagery in this film. And then mm-hmm. we, and everyone was like, yeah, yeah whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. And then the, the eyeball razor came up on the screen and I was like, ah! oh no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. So, uh, <laughs> so as soon as that horse eye came up, I was like, huh. And Unshan, Unshan Andalou is partially mm-hmm. just a series of disjointed, not disjointed, there's a, it's whatever, maybe it's disjointed, mm-hmm. but just a series of sort of like upsetting surrealist images is basically mm-hmm. the film when she yeah. handled it. <laughs> um, Which is basically what the cursed videotape yeah. is. I really like the cursed videotape. It's really, yeah. Um, and I don't remember if I said this on mic or only off mic, but on a on the DVD menu, um, it, on the DVD version of this, if the DVD menu idles long enough, um, it starts playing the cursed videotape. Oh, that's so scary. Uh-huh, it's really cool. That's great. Yeah, and my, my friend uh, Sacha and I used to watch this movie to go to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like I would be um like when we were roommates I would like pass out in her bed like when she was playing video games and then when she wanted to go to bed she would put on the ring <laughs> because it's kind of like it's very it's it's like when it's familiar it's very soothing because that. it's like there's not a lot of jump scares it's not a big like action yeah it's pretty like, it's a pretty quiet film yeah it's pretty like part. low key yeah. the the loudest um, and most like explosive thing that happens mm-hmm. is the scene with the horse when it's breaking out and running into the water mm-hmm. like that's probably the yeah. most like sensorily jarring scene in the mm-hmm. movie yeah well and maybe then like when uh rachel finds noah dead and uh and she like screams real loud. Yeah, that's just one time yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah yeah horse yeah mm-hmm. horses screaming are just yeah quite Mm-hmm. It's a very upsetting yeah, horses, sound. Yeah, horses screaming is a very, very upsetting sound. Yeah. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, okay. um, yeah. She, so she used to put this movie on to go to sleep. And then so, so sometimes you'd, we'd like wake up in the middle of the night and the cursed videotape would just be playing because like, <laughs> the movie had ended and the DVD menu had idled. <laughs> and be like, oh, there's a giant centipede. I should go to bed in my own room. Yeah, that's <laughs> I just get up and like walk next door and get to that's bed. That's very fun. I imagine too that part of what was so scary about seeing this movie when you were young, when it first came out, mm-hmm. is like not knowing, being young and not really knowing if it was real or fake because the, mm-hmm. you see the cursed video so many times in the movie, you're like, oh my God, am I going to die? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, of course, I was old enough to know that it wasn't real. Yeah, but your, but like, your lizard brain doesn't know that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Your amygdala doesn't know but that. I, yeah, and I wasn't I like I said this was the first horror movie I ever saw. So, um like the first like true horror yeah. movie I ever saw. So, um I wasn't prepared for like the twist ending. I wasn't prepared for like it gave me like the heebie-jeebies yeah. long term. I did not sleep totally. That night. Well, cuz it's not okay at the end. And like you said that was so exactly. that was so unique yeah, to horror movies at the time like not, which is actually very similar to um uh in a in a in a less campy way, fucking uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is the other movie we've mm-hmm. watched where it's like super not yeah. okay at the end. You think it's fine, yeah. and then it's and it's kind of like you. It, it's kind of like it is okay, and then there's just kind of like a gotcha, yeah. ha ha yeah, 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 yeah. ha kind of ending. Yeah, because Nightmare on goofy. Elm Street is, is kind of a silly silly movie. It's ca- it's a campy yeah. slasher, whereas this is quite mm-hmm. a serious and traumatic. Not traumatic. I wasn't traumatized by it, but serious mm-hmm. uh sort of it was again it was much more serious and thoughtful and like artistic than i expected it to mm-hmm. be because of how yeah. like popular it is um mm-hmm. and which yeah it's a good movie it's a really good movie it's a really solid i would movie. watch it again i liked it a um, lot 
Mm-hmm. So I only have one little little snippet of trivia left, I think, um, which is that you remember the the really beautiful tree with the red leaves mm-hmm. that on Shelter Mount at the Shelter Mountain Inn. Yeah, yeah. Um, you commented on it. You were just like, "Fuck Seattle's so pretty." Yeah. Um, so, but that tree was actually um, constructed. It wasn't real. They built it for the movie. That's very funny. Um, but it's um, uh, my dog is barking. Um, but that the tree that they built is essentially it's a um, it's supposed to be a Japanese maple. Cool. The fruit of which is called a samara. Ah, mm-hmm. smart. And the one in the movie was named Lucille. Great. Good to know. They named they named the fake tree Lucille. Do you think uh, Gore Verbinski's parents knew that he was going to be a horror movie director when they named him Gore? <laughs> well, his name's Gregor. Whatever. It's a, Gore is a nickname. But. Well, now I know. <laughs> Gregor is stupid. Gore is great. Um, yeah, great. Uh, so, I mean, some of that, mm-hmm. like Washington, I was more referring to like how fucking green Washington mm-hmm. is. Maybe I was referring to the tree, but Washington is, uh-huh. is very, very green. Regardless. And there was yeah. at least one scene in the, in it's just fun. It's fun to be a traveler when there was one scene mm-hmm. in the city where I was like, hey, Kendra and I got harassed uh-huh. by teen lesbians under that bridge once. <laughs> uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle, Seattle. So that was... <sighs> so that's the ring. That's the ring. Do you have any, any other thoughts that we didn't touch on, Hannah? No, I, f- I feel like I got... I had yeah. there were a lot of thoughts, and I feel like I got them mm-hmm. mostly out of my brain. <sighs> should we... Uh, wrap this bad boy up? Should we wrap this bad boy up? Like a ring? Like... <laughs> uh, like at the top of a close this bad boy like the top of a well um, mm-hmm. thanks for listening to our podcast you can find us on social media we are on Instagram and Facebook at no exit podcast you can email us at no exit podcast at gmail.com tell us what you think about the movies tell us what movies to watch uh, you should send us your real life horror send stories send us your real life horror stories let us know if you've gotten trapped in Sonic drive through let us know if you are or know Aesop Rock on a personal level um, or his cat. Uh, it would be kind of weird if you knew Aesop Rock's cat on a personal level, but not Aesop Rock, but maybe he has a cat sitter that he's never in the same room with. Who knows? Um, celebrities are weird, man. Celebrities you never know. are weird. Uh, uh, thank you to Travel Kit for our theme song. You can find them on the internet at uh, travel underscore kit underscore music. That's what they are on Instagram. And mm-hmm. you should like, rate, and subscribe whenever, whenever, and wherever you find podcasts. And also, on a serious note, uh, if you are still—I mean, now, so now, the state of Colorado is on a statewide uh, shelter-in-place order; is on a lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Denver, so I've—I've I've personally been quarantined for a little over a week, but I've been on a shelter-in-place order for a couple of days longer. But anyway, point being, mm-hmm. if you are still not socially distancing, you are a fucking monster. Please do it. Stay home if you can. Like, if you need to go to work, fine, but do not go over to your friend's house. Do not go over to your partner's house unless they like need you for an emergency or something like don't go to your friends houses and hang out if you're still doing it for some un- unholy reason like don't be the idiot that gets us all killed um that's what i wanted to say and i just feel like it's oh and wash your hands for 20 <laughs> seconds at a time and look up a guide on how to do it which sounds like a joke but uh it's not like it's actually it takes effort to wash your hands correctly it's not that hard to do you just need to google how to do it i work in a tattoo shop so i got trained how uh when i started working there but the, mm-hmm. it's point being, you have to train people how to wash their hands correctly when they work at tattoo shops and hospitals. So it's not as intuitive as you might mm-hmm. think. But uh, yeah, don't leave your house unless it's for supplies or an emergency. And if it is for supplies, 
Don't fucking stand in line anywhere. Stand 15 mm-hmm. feet. I found this big long, it's probably like 12, I don't know, 10 feet long. You know those big grasses that grow outside my house that kind of look like wheat? Mm-hmm. One of them got knocked down in the snow and so uh-huh. I picked it up and it's like easily seven to eight feet long. So I'm just gonna carry mm-hmm. that whenever I need to go out for supplies <laughs> and just keep a healthy distance away from all mm-hmm. other people. And wear a kick-ass apocalypse outfit if you're gonna go mm-hmm. out and about. Uh, if not now, then when, you know? If you got some cool cloaks or whatever, gives a shit. We're all dying of coronavirus. Well, mm-hmm. no, we're not. We're dying of COVID-19, uh, coronavirus disease 19. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are bored in quarantine, you should check out the other shows on our network. Yeah, you should. Shows such as If It's Gay, We Play. If It's Gay, We Play, which we're recording. We're going to try and we're getting a Twitch stream off the ground. So you will. There's going to oh, be content. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. come, come watch us do content. At the very least, check out our Instagram because Kai and I are very funny and we're trapped in a house together. So uh, we're trying to put more goofs on our Instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in between episodes. And uh, yeah, like, rate, and subscribe. Yeah. Stay safe, stay home, wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah. Yes, Wendy. Do you have any advice to close the show with other than the advice that you've just given? Well, this is the same. Okay, so I'm conflicted because I want to say mind your own goddamn business again. And if she had minded her own goddamn business, then like other teenagers in her immediate, like, you know what I mean? Like if she hadn't investigated Mm -hmm. the tape, like she, her, the rest of her family, like her son wouldn't have gotten cursed, but also like Mm -hmm. she never would have found out what happened to her uh, niece. So I don't know, man. Maybe the advice I have to give this week is uh, if you're going to help a ghost, make sure they're not a revenant spirit first. (laughs) And don't turn out the lights. Goodbye. Goodbye.